Welcome back to Origins and Adaptations. I am Andrew. And I'm Cody, and we got an awesome show for you today. Episode 31, boy! Holla. Holla. We don't say holla. Holla at, holla at the girls. Holla at your boy. We holla, don't, we don't holla, say that either. Holla what? at your Why am I saying boys, boys with a Z. Okay. A W, X, Y, and Z. So today we have a couple less of... news than we did last time. <laughs> yes. But we have some news. Some um, spicy news. We're going to go over... Well, you tell them. It's hot. You tell them. It's hot. It's hot. We got some corrections. Yes. Yes. We got some corrections. Uh, we also have some movie announcements. And then some some throwbacks. And uh, just, uh, just getting some... Well, we also have our top five at the at the end of the well toward the end of the episode. Pardon me, I've got a bit of an allergy problem over here. It's okay, I forgive you. No, I I can't help it. It's not a vice. It's not a sin. Andrew. I forgive your uh, I forgive your your biological my biological uh, fault. I don't I don't even know what you'd refer to. Anyways, yeah, uh, short my biological shortcomings. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, we are going to be talking about our top five favorite vehicles in yeah. comic book and basically just in, in all comic books and nerddom. Yeah, nerddom. Essentially. Um, I actually had to revise mine like several times in my head before I actually clicked my submit button in my in my brain. I, I was don't, like, I don't necessarily know if mine are like my top five favorite of all time. I think mine are... My top five unique. So ones that stand out to you? Yeah. Okay. Like when I think of them, I'm like, I, I really like that. Okay. I really like that vehicle. Yeah, mine is very much like, <clears throat> oh, it came down to the wire on a couple of them. Yeah. But, uh... The will they want, won't they? And then he chose. Yeah, well, I was like, hey, uh... No, this one. No, yeah. no. Oh, I, I was I was here, folks. I heard it happen. He heard me trying to decide. It, it was happening right before my very eyes. And then we're going to go over our favorite recent reads, as yeah. always. Well, yeah. We you both know. have favorite recent reads this week. Yes. We both read comics. Yeah. It was a good week. It's a good, good week. I, I did a lot. Did a lot. So, uh, starting out, we actually just want to go over some stuff that we got wrong in the last episode. Yeah, you go over yours. Um, first of all... Mine. First of all, uh, my correction with Darth Maul, I was saying that it might be between episode two and three, um, where he kind of went missing in the Clone Wars TV show. It's actually taking place before episode one, so it's more of a prequel miniseries of Darth Maul um, being brought up and his training and stuff like that, and how he became a Sith, I believe, um, and like him training as a Sith, which... Could be pretty pretty interesting. We'll probably see characters um, that we haven't seen before, just because they're not they're not dealing with introduced characters already. Right. So it'll be pretty cool to see. I'm excited for it. Um, and then second of all, there was one um, video game, Telltale. I was talking about Telltale video games, and I don't know how to space this. It was this was brought to my attention. The game that put Telltale on the map to start doing this video game series like they've been doing um, was Walking Dead. And I just totally spaced it as a comic book game because it's such a TV show phenomenon that I just 
in, at this point in my in my brain, like my subconscious, I don't see it as a comic book anymore. Even more, even though that's the it's comic what put book it on the map. Yeah, I mean the comic book is what I've I read. I read it before the TV show like happened. But you think of it as a, as a TV show now? Yeah, because yeah. it's just the TV show has just engulfed it so much. Yeah, I mean it started out as a comic book, but like, whereas some. I don't know. I, I I guess some adaptations end up like not living up to the original. The TV show, if anything, captured more. Uh, uh, captured more on, minds. De- yeah, it captured more minds. Yeah. I don't know if it captured it better, depending on the person you ask. I still prefer. The yeah, of course. Movies. I mean, that's <clears throat> different. Yes, but so just those two things. Um, yeah, and, and my my correction is very basic. So for some reason, when we were talking about uh, Return, Return of the Cape, Cape Crusader, I referred to the Riddler's uh, actor <laughs> as being George Gorshin, and the reason why I said that was because there was a composer named George Gershwin mm-hmm. from back in I think he was like the early early nineteen hundreds, late eighteen hundreds, and uh, the name of the actor is Frank Gorshin. Okay, so you just combined them. I, I just kind of, yeah, I came up with my own wacky combination. Yeah. Not really anything huge, but I should know it because I grew up watching the show and I've been an avid Batman fan, so it's kind of like, it's all relative. Yeah. Who are, to who to who you are. Yeah. I know most people would say, like, oh, Cody, yeah, how could we ever forgive you for that? <laughs> but I'm saying, like, no, I should, I would... I should know that. Yeah. If I no, if I no, know you, you pride yourself on if I know facts. Burgess Meredith played the Penguin, I know Cesar Romero played the Joker, I know Julie Newmar and Arthur Kitt played and and uh, the other one, Lee Merriweather played Catwoman. I should know who played the Riddler, and it just should not be that. Yeah, see, I I don't know any of these, so it's fine. Batman fan, I just I know the facts. We 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 we, we love to forget. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I uh. I have, I fill my brain with other things. For instance, so. I remembered that people always talk about Batman and Robin with the bat nipples, but that was also in Batman Forever. It is a movie which I which I watched uh, just this la- just yeah just a couple days ago. I think it was actually four days ago that I watched it. And um, man, I hate to admit this just on this podcast in front of everyone who will inevitably listen to this and he have to hear this. I still love that movie just because it was such a nostalgia trip to go back and revisit it. And also, it was some of the first... Despite the fact that I think <clears throat> Two-Face and Robin were so poorly represented in, those, or in that movie, mm-hmm. I truly do think that uh, Kilmer's portrayal of Batman and just... Batman's relationship to uh, the the love interest and having to, to to decide between the two, it actually reminded me a lot of uh, Batman Year Two, where he has a love interest as well, and um, he interacts with his villains more similarly to the comics than Keaton <clears throat> even did. Yeah, there's a great part where he boards Two Face's airplane. Without Two Face knowing it, because he's Batman, of course. And he says, "You need help, Harvey. Give it up." Yeah. And and there's that line, and I was like, "Wow, like that's really Batman." Mm-hmm. He has this low kind of like gravelly voice, but yeah. it's but it's not quite as uh, whispery as Keaton's. It was almost closer to Kevin Conroy's. And who th- is my Batman? I mean, he's the bat. He is the Batman yeah. of all Batmans. Um, I mean, even Adam West. 
I'm sure would give it up for that guy. Oh yeah. Adam West is the OG, but it's, Kevin Conroy is the voice. It's gotten but, to this point where it makes me sad that there might be a time when that won't be someone's Batman. Kevin Conroy? Yeah. Well, it's the weird thing is like it's majority of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not their Batman. Well, yeah. Makes me I, sad. You know what's interesting is most people tell me that Christian Bale is their favorite Batman, and that actually makes me pretty sad. Because <laughs> his well, Batman's weak. Well, his, well, here's the deal is those movies are fantastic. Yes. And it makes me weep that Batman is not one of the strongest parts of the Batman of those <clears throat> Batman movies. Yeah, well, um, a lot of people well, say that about his rogues gallery. His villains are more interesting than he is. But... Batman, I know, I know, Batman, I know. Batman in general? Yeah, I know you Not don't. Not always. I know you don't think that. I know I don't think that. Yeah. Um, but. I mean, but how many other superheroes could you potentially say that for? Spider-Man? Nope. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. Spider-Man's way better than his Rose Gallery. Um, I just know that they're super famous. Uh... They are, well, yeah, they are famous. So all I was going to say was, now that you brought up Bale... After watching Batman Forever, uh, Kilmer's portrayal of Batman blows Bales to bits. Yeah. It's crazy, but it's just such a weak movie in terms of... Well, you know what? I'm going to give it a pass on production. It was the mid-90s. Yes. It was the mid I'm not even going to talk about production because that's not fair. Um, in terms of tone, obviously, 89 and Returns beat it absolutely the nolan films beat it absolutely but um the villains and, and and despite the fact that jim carrey could have played a fantastic riddler given the right script yes because he was he was a great choice for a riddler yeah no a i br- think brilliant choice i think if given the right direction and script jim carrey could have been the best riddler we we've ever had. we could have ever had yeah. yeah and i was even thinking like if tommy lee jones um had just played his uh his low toned down voice the entire way through mm-hmm. that would have worked if you know you know how Tommy Lee Jones is in most yeah. movies he's not that maniacal yeah because Two Face isn't that kind they portrayed Two Face as a maniac like the Joker and he's not he's not like he's that. not the Joker no, no not at all Tommy Lee he's Jones he's cold and calculated I mean I guess the Joker is kind of calculated in his own way but, but he's chaotic calculated he's but yeah but also his energy is just nuts. Mm-hmm. And and they had the two phase like going like hopping up and down going yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and it's like I'm sorry the the the, uh, the two phase never did that the, the two phase two phase never did that the miss and he was always he was always more stoic which is funny because Tommy Lee Jones plays that kind of character in most movies he's the more stoic I would say ninety nine percent of his movies yeah he's the more he's the more stoic guy and they had him play that and it it kind of ruined it also if they made him a, a little bit younger that would have been nice. Kind of actor. Two-Face? Yeah. Yeah. Because Two-Face is Bruce Wayne's age. That's true. I mean, I'm not too worried about them getting age right as long as the person plays it accurately, but as long as the actor portrays the character properly, I'm not too worried, but uh, Batman Forever was fun to watch because some of the segues with Gotham City News reminded me a little bit of... Uh, the animated series, especially some of the newscast voices and the graphics on the screen. Yeah. 
Um, that was pretty cool because we didn't get any of that in the Burton films. The Burton films were almost a total a total departure from the animated series and the comics. Yeah, it was it was just a totally different take on Batman. Yeah, and the more I, I the more the more I watched uh, Batman Forever, the more I was like, "Wow, I need to go! I need to I need to go watch uh, the animated series." So I kept watching it's, the animated series. It's a standard. It. I will say, if you're looking for the best way to spend your bat time, it's the animated series. If you're looking, anyone out there looking for a superhero TV show. The Batman animated series is the place to go. It's on Amazon Prime. Uh, if you got Amazon Prime, you can watch it there. It's just really good. It's really good. You guys need to check it out if you haven't. It's so good. Um, but moving on to news. Uh, first off, we have um, some really surprising news that I I'm happy and I'm like cautiously optimistic. So, there is a comic book series called Bone, um, written by Jeff Smith, and it's probably one of the best, like, indie stories I've ever read. I remember growing up reading it, too, uh, and so, I really love this story, uh, and it's this fantastic story of this girl who gets, uh, found by these, uh, this this girl gets found by these other different creatures, uh, and it's their life, and it's the story of the uh, of, of Bone and his uh, adventures with her. And um, it's being adapted, which is uh, it's really interesting because it's being adapted by uh, the director of Kung Fu Panda, so it's going to be a CG movie. And the weird thing is. Bone isn't a children's story. It, it may look at it at first like it looks like the happy-go-lucky adventures, but towards the end it gets really, really dark uh, and really gruesome. And so so a lot of people are skeptical about this happening. However, the one light that I have, the one hope, is Jeff Smith, the, the creator of Bone. He He still owns the rights, the creative rights to it. And every time they've tried adapting this movie, he's actually shut it down. Uh, because he says, it's not the right fit. This is not what the story is. You're making it too kid-friendly. You're making it too kiddish. Uh, I, they tried to do it in the 90s. Uh, a CG movie in the 90s. And he, they wanted to put like pop songs in it. And he's like, no. I don't, like, this doesn't fit the feel at all. He's like, it's, it would be like if you put Britney Spears in Lord of the Rings it's just like it doesn't fit so i'm i'm optimistic i think it could be done i know the animation for the kung fu panda series is has gotten a lot better uh and i i've heard that the third one was good i enjoy the first one to an extent and so i'm i never saw those movies i'm optimistic they're basic i mean they're dreamworks yeah. so it's like they're basic i don't know if bones being done by dreamworks all I know is that the director is doing the Jeff Smith Bone movie. Uh, so it could be good. I wish it... I'm hoping that they're able to do like a two or three part series. That this... It takes place over the course of the main story instead of trying to shove all of it into one movie. Or if at 
any chance they are able to do a TV series, that would be cool too. A mini series. Um, and then, secondly, we they they revealed the the cover to uh, just a fun little thing is they recovered the uh, the cover to the Trinity series, DC Trinity, which is Batman, Wonder Woman, and Superman. Uh, and it's the cover photo or the cover page is uh, Superman and Wonder Woman standing over Bruce who's on his his uh, knees uh, in front of his two dead parents. And the uh, I'm pretty sure it's a variant cover. And it's an homage of the Batman Year One uh, cover, which has little baby Bruce or little kid Bruce uh, on his knees in front of his dead parents. And so it's just a it's cool that we still have uh, artists who are able to to just throw back um, to classic mm-hmm. covers from the uh, from the nineties, early two thousands. Yes. I think it was early 2000s. I I saw that earlier this week, just perusing the internet for Batman images. I don't know why, I just was. Like you do. Yeah. And I was like, where does that look familiar from? And that's what it was from. It was from year one? Yeah. Yeah. And I also like the fact that in this, the the Rebirth series, you're seeing Bruce Wayne more trusting of others. So it's cool that I'm, I'm guessing in issue three of Trinity... That they are going to focus more on how Superman and Wonder Woman are able to be with him during times of grief. And they actually can be Batman's friends versus what we've got in the past 16 years. Which is Batman doesn't trust anyone. Blah, 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 blah. I'm so dark and broody. So yeah. I'm excited. It's character development for characters that I feel like have been stagnant for a long time. Uh, and I'm really excited to see where it goes. And then this next one uh, has me confused, and I don't know how I feel about it. So Rat Queens, which is a comic book series I've talked about many times on this podcast, uh, it's one of my favorites, uh, it's getting a soft reboot. So the the artist had problems, uh, and he he actually went away for a while, and the the writer had a new artist, and they were doing different things. And now the the writer is coming out and saying he's going to do a soft reboot of the series, going back to number one, uh, which is weird because I didn't end, I didn't end my the last volume I had didn't end on a conclusion, like it was a cliffhanger. So either they they finished it, and there's a volume coming out that I don't have. Or they're just kind of rebooting it without caring. Um, so I I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting. It's going to be weird. But yeah. And then finally for news. Uh, big, big reveal is Deadpool 2 is getting uh, a John, John Wick director. So the director of John Wick is going to do Deadpool 2. Which I think could be still good. Like, I'm excited. I know Tim Miller was a big push for... A lot of the things I liked in Deadpool, um, and I, I was kind of bummed that he was kicked off, or that he left because over creative differences, but I love John Wick. Yeah, and I mean, Deadpool is a mercenary, and John Wick was a hitman, so I mean, it, it works with yeah. the fast editing style. I could totally see it working. And it was fast editing style done in a way that 
didn't give you a headache yeah because it wasn't like quick cuts it was it showed you the action and then it cut when it needed to cut so yeah yeah john wick felt really i don't know john wick 2 man coming out in february 2017 yeah. john wick is a fun movie i love that movie if you guys haven't seen john wick go out and see that movie it is a blast I wouldn't mess with John Wick. I wouldn't mess with John Wick. No one would mess with John Wick. <laughs> Apparently someone would. Well, they'd mess with his dog. Oh my gosh. That scene made me so sad. As a, yeah. I almost said as a kid, but I wasn't, wasn't even I wasn't even a kid when I <laughs> it saw it. It was last year. It was last year. It was last, last Christmas. I gave you my heart. Why are you singing your one of your least favorite Christmas yeah, songs? Because I said last Christmas and I just... Last Christmas, I gave you my heart, and the very next day, you gave it away. This year, to save me from tears, I'll give it to someone special. Wham. Last no, we're done, because that's what happens in the song, and it's what bothers me so about the song. just loops it and just loops, goes on and it's Andrew's, it's Andrew's favorite song of all time. It's my favorite Christmas song of all time. Just, okay, so I have, well, to, I have to concede something on the show. I gave a friend a hard time uh, about a certain Christmas song. Well, I guess I was making fun of this band's Christmas album, and... Uh, I did it in passing, not realizing this person liked NSYNC, mm-hmm. but they were asking me like what kind of Christmas music I would put on my party playlist for a Christmas party. Elvis Presley's 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 he's he's Presley's like Priceless. Yes, but so okay, so His yeah, Christmas album. I said that, and then standard. I, yeah, and then I don't. I didn't list off anything else besides that. I was just like, well, Elvis Presley, Bing Crosby, those are givens. And I was like, but don't you worry, I don't put any garbage like NSYNC or Justin Bieber's Christmas on my playlist. And they were like, oh yeah, because NSYNC Christmas music is garbage. And they put this little like worried, scared face by the, uh, by the text. And I was like, wait, 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 did I just offend you? And they were like, uh, maybe. And I, and I was like, you, wait, you like, you like NSYNC Christmas music? And they were like, yeah, I love the song Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. And I was like, okay, that's fine if you like it. And they are like, I can appreciate quality 90s boy bands. And I said, well, quality's being a little, a little <laughs> bit... Ch- I said, quality's being a little bit charitable, don't, don't you think? And they said, shut your face. And I said, yeah, well, you don't even like Starbucks. And this is the music, this is the music equivalent of Starbucks. And, it is. And I was just trying to get them to realize, like... I will not back down in a fight about music. This is true, guys. Don't don't try. Well, no, I'm I'm sorry, but like, if you if you're really smart, I I will challenge you openly, and I will and I will accept it. Yeah. Most people, I am pretty unforgiving. Like, I will curb stomp you, and it will yeah. be pretty. Sorry, I'm kind of pretentious when it comes when it comes to music. But anyways, let's talk about something that's related to the show. <laughs> Cause, Cause, let's talk about because we went off for a little bit there. Yeah. So. uh... Get into our main event. Um, top five favorite vehicles, and I want to. I want to do. I want to do this. Top five favorite vehicles. I, I, I no, wanna, no, no, folks. I want. I want. I want. I want to. I want to do this thorough. Folks, meaning Andrew too. I want to do this. I want to do this thorough. Okay. 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 Now, hear me you, out. You're going to give your five. We're going to go back and forth just yeah. the same way we did for our worst five or our top five worst superhero movies ever. So hold on a second. Yeah. This is. 
top five favorite vehicles, and this is in all of nerddom. Yes. So it includes comic books, TV, geek, shows. TV shows, geek movies, whether it be Star Trek or Battlestar, and this this is like anything. Yeah. And we don't. Well, you okay? Yeah. Neither one of us repeated the same franchise for vehicles. I'm pretty. I'm positive. Like we don't know, but I'm. I'm positive. Wait. Did you? What did you? Oh no no no! We didn't repeat. But I'm saying like, I, I don't know your list, and you don't know my list. But I'm. I'm pretty positive that we don't have a single vehicle on this list that is the same. Um, did you pick any of your vehicles based more on the comic book version? N- no. None of, the, none of them are comic books? Uh, one of them. One of them. Huh. Okay. No, that's fine. Who I just I just wanted to ask you. Okay, so I'll... I'll go first. Go first. Uh, so, so my with your number five. My number five. Mad Max's Interceptor. Man, is that car cool? I love that car. That is pretty I, cool. I wish I had that car in real life because that thing is boss. And the <laughs> weird thing is that car gets destroyed in almost every single Mad Max movie, but they it just always comes back and it's beautiful. Uh, it runs like a gym, and it's the. I think he steals it in the first one. No, he he. It's his in the first one. I remember because the first thing you see of Mad Max, the very first Mad Max movie, is him in a car chase in his interceptor. Um, and man, I love that car. And then I was so sad if 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 I have one gripe about Mad Max Fury Road, which is like a ninety nine percent. And a 1% where mm-hmm. I love that movie. Mm-hmm. If you have not seen Mad Max Fury Road, go watch that movie because it's a, it's just beautifully made and it's Mad Max to the top. Um, but the one the one 1% gripe I have is the fact that they destroy the Interceptor within the first, like, five minutes of the movie. Yeah. It just makes me sad. Because we almost got a cool Interceptor car chase actually they don't destroy it i i just remembered they destroy it and then at the very end like they they kind of like make it flip at the beginning and then at the very end is when they destroy it but he doesn't like ever drive in it which makes me sad in fury road yeah yeah i've only seen that movie have i seen it twice i've only seen it once I i remember it very well though. i saw it four times in theater and then i saw it I've see, seen it, I've seen of, it multiple times. I'm one of the few people who thought that it was just a really solid movie. Well, you're also not a huge Mad Max fan. But a lot... No, 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 no. A lot of people who, who loved that movie hadn't, I should say, weren't familiar with the yes. Mel Gibson yes, Mad, that is, Mad that Max movies. But, um, like, this movie just, like... Because Mad Max Road Warrior... From what, I, yeah, from what I've seen, the, I mean, the quality is exponentially yeah. higher, obviously. Yeah. I mean... Because of how far and the beauty of special of effects movie, have come, the beauty of that movie is about seventy five percent of all the effects were practical. That I really appreciated. I thought yeah. they did a fantastic job with practical effects. I noticed that it wasn't over uh, overdone with CG, and mm-hmm. that's really that's really cool when people can 
combine yeah. the two seamlessly. And I'm sure there was some CG, but it wasn't it wasn't yeah. a lot. I actually saw like a couple of they were showing side by side side by side comparisons. Side side by side side, 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 side. Uh, comparisons, and they had uh, this one moment where one of the trucks explode, and then in my mind I went, oh, it's the explosion, that's the thing they added in. And then the the side comparison was, no, they added more cars with the CG. The explosion was all practical. Oh. I was like, that's awesome. That's pretty sweet. Um, then another thing about the movie that is very rare for movie makers to do nowadays is they shot everything in consecutive order which is very rare like sometimes you're like okay we have you mean chronologically with yes yeah yeah. with the movie like they shot everything beat to beat a lot of times they'll go okay we have these people today we're here let's shoot everything here right and then we'll even if they're in different scenes we're going to shoot everything now and then we'll go on to the next scenes and so yeah, they, or, and then they splice it together at the end. Yeah. You know what's interesting? Uh, so Superman, the first two Superman movies with, yeah. with Christopher Reeve. Interesting. I know this is in no way related to your vehicle or your <laughs> the movie your vehicle's from or yeah. the topic or but anything. we're talking about the movies. Okay. Superman 1 and 2 in 1978, 1980, I believe, or 79. I think it was, I think it was 80. Um, they... Did, this is crazy. I can't even imagine how boring this would get. Yeah. They shot every scene from the first two movies by location. So they didn't leave the scenes from Metropolis mm-hmm. until they were finished with all of all them. All the scenes? Yeah. So I'm pretty sure, I mean, just from the two, those two movies alone, they must have been just filming the shots in uh, The Daily Planet and outside the city, or, or outside in the city. For a long they, time. They must have been there almost a year. That's crazy. If they were doing two movies, yeah, yeah. I don't know, I, I just feel like that'd be a really boring way to shoot a movie. Yeah, I mean, it's Probably very, a very efficient way. Yeah. But, like, um, What's crazy to me is that they can get, they can film movies nowadays in, like, two months. Two months. But they filmed, they got filming done for two movies back-to-back. Yeah. Well, uh, that's crazy. Peter Peter Jackson filmed all the Lord of the Rings movies all at once. That's right. He did do that. That's crazy. That's that is crazy. They're well, you know, they're kind of doing that with the next few seasons of Stranger Things. They aren't. Oh, well, they have to. Yeah. They aren't gonna. Well, I mean, other shows don't do it, but I mean, they're gonna go. They're gonna go on like a a spree. Yeah, because the kids are going to grow, and they need to get them before they sprout. Well, I, I yeah, I think. It doesn't matter if the kids look a little older in the second season. I think people kind of expected that, but mm-hmm. by the third or fourth season, the age could catch up. If well, the thing that's the up. biggest thing, like with dealing with kids who are like ten or eleven, is they hit that growth age, that growth spurt, going yeah. through puberty. And by like, thirteen, some kids look like they're <clears throat> seventeen years old. Yeah, it's crazy. Anyways, my number five. You're number five. So, what's the name of that vehicle again? The Mad Max Interceptor. The Interceptor. Okay, so. My number five vehicle, and I don't have a, a long backstory. This is just my number five. Mm-hmm. Uh, the X Men Blackbird. Are you kidding me? No. Out of all the things, <laughs> is I that was one wrong. you have? It's on my list. <laughs> the X Men Blackbird. That dude. is crazy. That yeah. is crazy. That no, I that knew, I knew we have some crossover. Oh, it's weird. I love that vehicle. So it's I awesome. Don't, I don't have a lot of backstory. I just I always loved the how the the wings were kind of like. Uh, they were kind re- of like reverse cool Y wings. Well, yeah, but it was it, yeah, but like as opposed to a standard jet, which has 
um, the tips of the wing going going backward, mm-hmm. backsliding. They're going forward, and I just thought yeah. it had this like, kind of like. I don't know the the the, the blackbird always kind of had this really serious like austere presence. It just looks kind of, even though it's a good it's a good guy vehicle, like it looks kind of menacing. It, oh, different! It it just different. it's very it's very uh, epic. Yeah. So that's my number five, and um, I I honestly can't even remember how it looks in the movies. I'm I'm referring. I think it's chrome. It is chromed out. I remember that. Yeah. That's all I remember. I don't remember the design though. But I'm I'm strictly referring to the cartoon and the comic books, and yeah. uh, I I love the Blackbird. I think I can't remember if I had that toy as a kid. I know I had the Command Center, or I guess it wasn't called the Command Center. It was called the uh, the Xavier School. Yeah. So so my number four is the X Men Blackbird. <laughs> nice. Uh, we weren't even that far off in number. No, like that's the crazy thing. Like I didn't even. <laughs> Man, okay, so the uh, the reason I love this, Ooh, yeah, those photos, yeah, they're they're good. The blackbird, it's a really neat vehicle. Um, it's the one thing I actually, the one thing, uh, it's one of the things I don't enjoy about the movies is they made it so generic looking. Um, you pulling it up? Yeah. But I just they made it. It's weird in the in the comics and in the t- the TV show it's blue. Right. It's blue. Um, and or it's it kind like... Of looks, it kind of looks like a a fighter jet, almost. And uh-huh. it's, it's awesome. But I had a... Like, I was wrestling if I wanted to make it the Quinjet. The Avengers Quinjet. Mm-hmm. Or if I wanted to do the X-Men Blackbird. And I just remember enjoying the Blackbird more yeah. um, from the comics and the TV show than I did in... Uh, then I did the Quinjet. Yeah, I mean the X Men Blackbird is in all those classic stories, whereas there's a lot of there's a lot of good Avenger stories that have nothing to do with that vehicle. Or that. Yeah, I mean they usually only use that when people aren't. Uh... Is that the movie? Yeah, like see, it just I mean looks... it's not. It's cool. Bad. But... It's cool. It's cool if it was like just a military, like, carrier ship or something. But it, yeah. it just looks really generic. I agree. Yeah. That's your, that's your number four? That's my number four. Nice. So my number four... Um, okay, so I, I had a lot of, like... I guess you could call it, like, shearing and pruning to do with the uh, yeah. the last the last num- uh, five and four. I was originally going to go with number four as um, the p40 uh, warhawk which was sergeant savage's uh plane gi joe yeah and then my number five was going to be bonds austin <laughs> aston martin db5 oh that's a good one yeah, was, those, yeah. Those, that was going to be my original four and five and then i decided wait 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 i love the blackbird i would take the blackbird easily over those other two yeah. vehicles um nothing against those vehicles those are those are cool but like yeah. the warhawk would get eaten alive by the blackbird by, by the blackbird <laughs> and uh so uh yeah, I I ended up deciding um, once and for all that my number four would be the Starship Enterprise. Oh yeah, yeah. So that's my number four, and uh, I course, almost chose that. Of course, I am referring to the classic uh, original series one. I also I, I love the Next Generation one, but um, my second favorite would be the the Starship Enterprise in in the new series, the new movies. Oh, the new ones. Yeah, it's just good looking it's, it's really good it's man. a very pristine 
clean ship. Man, I still won't ever forget when I first saw the 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 new first one. Oh yeah, Star Trek. When, when Star Trek came out, like what was that? Two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Was it that long ago? I think it was two thousand eight. Man, it's a good movie. Yeah, like I remember just being in awe. That scene where they come out of the warp and all the all the starships are just exploded. Oh yeah, that was epic. And then starting out with the sabotage as the as he's dri- driving the the car off the cliff. Mm-hmm. Good movie. So my number three actually kind of has to do with Star Trek. Um and it's the Bird of Prey. The Klingon Starfighter. Oh yeah. Uh from Star Trek Next Generation. And I I just love that ship. I I remember it looks pretty evil, doesn't it? Oh yeah. It's green <laughs> and it has the like it has the jettison. The Klingons have cool stuff. Oh, like the wings are tilted down and it has like the the, the proton shooters like proton torpedo yeah Yeah, they're like on the outsides and then yeah that thing looks boss the the klingons had cool uh weaponry Mm -hmm. i remember thinking the klingon disruptor was a really a really cool uh laser gun as well uh i just uh i I love star trek i remember as a kid just being like when people went oh i want i want to use the enterprise it's like what i like what hey what don't talk don't talk around me with that attitude i know no, just, no, don't get me wrong. The Bird of Prey is a sweet ship. Yeah, I love, I love that ship. I love a lot of Star Star Trek ships. Those are really good. <laughs> the thing about Star Trek is because you had all these different, you know, it's like territories. You each each territory and each uh, race or whomever the the Federation was facing, they all had these unique ships. Yeah, and the Klingons, in my opinion, are the coolest stuff of all. Yeah, well, they, they had the they had the like. The brutal shit. Yeah, they were was, the, the Klingons thing. were brutal and menacing. Yeah. They they were very metal. Yes, the Klingons <laughs> were very. <laughs> they were like, very metal looking. Oh yeah, when you when a Klingon ship enters the battlefield, it's like you could have any metal song playing. Yeah, it's like yeah. They look metal too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my only thing. Is like I I, I mean I'm a Klingon. I love Klingons. But man, I they they look stupid. I'm not going to deny it. Oh, you mean uh, they're, on, they're on the next freaking, generation? They're freaking foreheads. Oh, with with the ridging. Yeah, it's just like well, how man, else are they supposed to look? I don't know. But well, actually, I on think, the old I TV think... show, on the old TV show, they didn't have that. Um, they looked a little less over the top in the face, but the but the costumes were goofy for them. Yeah, I just I think to me to me it's like. You didn't even like how Worf looked. Mm-mm. I. It doesn't look. It looks it was dated. Always, always to me, like when a a a knight in armor, like a black knight, they always look so cool and take until they take the helmet off. Oh yeah. And they just look so stupid. It's like that's how I feel like when the clans come off the, uh, their ships. I'm like, oh, these are these are boss. Like whoever's whoever's driving these. They look amazing in the yeah. new series, though. I the only time. Was there a lot of them in the new one? In um, Into Darkness, they land on a Klingon their planet. Planet, yeah. And uh, that you see one of the leaders, and he has all the piercings and the ridging. Um, I, I've on only his, on seen Into Darkness once. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen it several Indeed. times. Um, but uh, they they do the same thing, but they make them look 
much more it looks much more menacing okay I'll have to were they in the third one I don't think so okay I think they were just in the second one and not for very much but so now we're on number three yeah you're number three so my number three is the dragon sword dragon sword yes yeah, um, I'm a huge Power Rangers fan, as everyone knows who listen who has never listened yeah. to our show or listened to Cody. Yeah, and uh, I think it was kind of a toss up for me between the Dragon Zord and the Mega Zord, and then I was like, the Dragon Zord is its own. It's, it's it's essentially its own vehicle, whereas the Mega Zord is the culmination of vehicles coming together. Yeah, and that's the idea behind it. Because, I mean, I could have been really specific and I maybe could have said, like, the Ultra Zord or the Mega Dragon Zord or... Or, uh... There's a lot of cool... uh, It's the Tiger Zord. There's a lot of cool Zords in the Power Ranger universe, but the Dragon Zord was my favorite design as a kid, and it's it's still my favorite. Um, If I had to pick a, a vehicle that doesn't... It, it doesn't move on the ground as as a as a as a vehicle with wheels. Mm-hmm. Like it's just it's just my favorite like transforming type vehicle. Okay. And I just always liked the uh, the way the Green Ranger controlled uh, the Zord with his with his flute. He would command it. Yeah. Instead of being inside it, like the Rangers, the other Rangers in yeah, their yeah, Zords. Yeah. I just thought the Green Ranger was so unique in the way he did everything and. Right down to the way he can he controlled his sword, it was very unique. Yeah, um, and I love the solid emerald against the gold, it's and really then the cool. black. It's yeah. just it's so cool. Um, it's a you know great example of how Japan was so unique in their designs. Because mm-hmm. that I'm pretty sure the dragon sword design dates back to Super Sentai from the late 70s, early oh, 80s. Really? That's, yeah, the that's Sentai crazy. the Sentai footage I'm, I'm <clears> almost positive is from like the early 80s. Oh yeah, I knew that. I just didn't um, know that the that Zoid was. Those, yeah, Zoid. It, yeah, it it definitely is is from that era as well. Hmm. Um, and then you are down to your number. My number two. Two. So the Dredge Stinger from Titan AE. So there was a movie that came out. I want to say late nineties, early two thousands, called Titan AE, and it had. Bill Pullman is one of the characters and other people that I'm forgetting the name of. But I love that. I remember loving this movie as uh, a kid. I never saw that movie. And, I know I know about it. And uh, Matt Damon. Matt Damon's the main. He's the lead. It's an animated movie. And they did this thing where they combined CG with animation. Like 2D animation. And it's uh, drawn by one of like the 90s most prevalent artist. He did Anastasia, Tumbelina. He did um, a lot of, I want to say Bluth, uh, Donald, let's see, Don Bluth, that's right. And he did uh, the Lord of the Rings series. Beautiful animation. Uh, I think he did... Uh, I'm going to be wrong on that, so I don't want to say it. Um, but he, yeah, if you haven't seen any of his movies, go check him out. Titan A.U. was, I think, one of his last ones that he did. Uh, but the Dredge, they're the, the alien race that is, they're the bad guys, and they have this blue fighters that kind of, they kind of, like, hover, mm-hmm. and then they have, like, two pincers, and they're, they're blue, 
And whenever I made Legos, uh, Lego ships, I would always do the, you take one four block, just like a standard square, mm -hmm. and then you'd put two rectangles underneath it, and then you'd, I would put two more rectangles under those, and then a rectangle in the middle to make sure it was all connected. And so I'd always fly them around, and in my mind, I always pictured them mm -hmm. to be the, what the dredge stingers would look like. I always loved those. And they made, like... They're like, like when they're flying. Oh, such good. They're so good. Such good. Such wow. You mentioned a lot of details about your your ship. Yeah. I forgot to mention a lot of details about the dragon's horn. You said the green and the black. I mean, the color. And the but now, now I'm remembering. Well, yeah, but I'm remembering <laughs> his drill tail yeah. and the way his chest would light up. With that cool sound, and then he'd fire mm -hmm. rockets out of his fingers. Yeah. So, okay, there we go. There we go. You're <laughs> number it, two. My number two. Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. Yeah. Can you guess my number two? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, okay, guys, uh, this folks, is... I'm gonna make Andrew guess my number two. This is hard, because I know it's Star Wars. It's you know obviously Star Wars. Star Wars. Wait, how do you know my number? Because you're number one. I don't want to say, but I know what your number one is. It's obvious. Um, your number two is Star Wars. It's, but you don't think you're gonna it's, get. The, it's the a Vader. Rebel Alliance ship. Okay. Yes. I mean that could be anything. Yeah, but it's a Rebel Alliance ship. It's not a. It's not a. Imperial. It's it's not Imperial. No. <sighs> Uh, this hurts just because, uh, I'm going to take a wild stab. Is it an X-Wing? <laughs> no, it's not. Like, no. that's, that's the obvious choice. Mm -hmm. It's not the Falcon. It is. It is the Falcon. It is Millennium okay. Falcon. See, it was between those two. Yeah. I was Millennium like, Falcon either... is my number two of all time. Because the Millennium Falcon, okay, so for me, that's where the whole journey of Star Wars really begins. I mean, the Cantina, I guess, is, is yeah. a big point. That's the jumping off point. But it was really when uh, Ben Kenobi and Luke Skywalker get on board the Millennium Falcon with Han and Chewie and the mm -hmm. droids, and they take off, and the Millennium Falcon with its holographic... Uh, claymation chest thing and yeah. and uh, the cannons that fired at the top and the bottom and you know it would you know one man would would gun each one of them mm -hmm. and uh, how awesome light speed looked for the first time that was the first first ship yeah. you see that in yeah um, and also just it has style it's old school it's fast as hell um, I I like that it's like a piece of junk but at the same time like it's like the fastest ship in the galaxy too yeah. like it's not a very reliable ship all the time but mm -hmm. it's just really fast when, when it gets yeah. going um and it just has so much character and a lot of a lot of a lot of screen memories for anyone growing up with star wars i mean it's in the falcon yeah in the asteroid field and empire um i mean it just doesn't get any more classic it doesn't get any more iconic for star wars than the millennium falcon for no. me personally and when you see the three you see most you see them mostly in the Falcon, mm -hmm. like that classic scene with. I mean, with I feel like I Luke, grew, I grew up in Luke, the Millennium Falcon. L Luke, <laughs> uh, Han, and Leia, as she's behind Han Solo, and Chewbacca and the the the, the droids, or what? Yeah, yeah. The, Chewbacca and the 
<clears throat> co-pilot seat. So it's like, that's, whenever you see Star Wars scenes, they're mostly, like, from that point of view mm-hmm. of the, the main three. So, no, I get you. It's a big part of the series. Yeah. I so. just, I just know how it much It was also love. my favorite toy as a kid, or one of my favorite toys, because yeah. the playset was so epic. Sorry, what were you saying? Oh, I just, it was, it was literally between an X-Wing or the Falcon. Like, mm-hmm. that's, I... I, in my heart of hearts, I knew it was the Falcon. Uh, but you're taking a stab. Yeah, Kevin's is the X. It's Kevin. Kevin, big shout out to our friend Kevin. Yeah, he. Uh, the only okay, so his is the X-wing. If I had to pick a third favorite vehicle in the Star Wars uh, series or in the Star Wars saga, uh, I'd pick the Slave One. Oh yeah. The Slave One is amazing. You know, it's funny. I actually have a, uh, an old co-worker who's a, not a close friend, but, you know, treasured acquaintance, mm-hmm. as it were. And uh, he's a huge Boba Fett fan, and he told me he isn't a fan of, of the Slave One as a ship. And I've never heard anyone Say that with before. that opinion before, yeah. because the Slave One is a badass ship. Well, I think it's because it looks like a slug. But it's, just, it turns it's so off. cool. I know, I know some people that turns off. Most people that I know love that ship. It's cool shit. I'm not saying I, I, I'm, I love that shit. Well, the thing that's so cool about it when it's when it's uh, landing, yeah, that position isn't as cool. But when it when it's off and going, yeah, it's like and, and yeah, and and the top becomes the front. Like, yeah, I don't the know. Gun, the gun it, is awesome. It's just epic. like it's iconic sound. Speaking of bounty hunters and ships, I find it hilarious that Patton Oswalt, I watched one of his stand-ups recently. Mm-hmm. Now, I know this guy's a huge Star Wars fan. I mean, yeah. like, he's one of the biggest Star Wars, like, celebrity yeah. fans. He know he knew the name in his, in, in his stand-up. He, he uh, references the name of Dengar's ship. Really? Who knows that? I'm sorry, like, if you, if you have that memorized... People who read the books... But celebrities, Book like like ma- mainstream, yeah, but he's mainstream a, he's a, celebrities. He's a I mean, nerd celebrity. Though. I know, but how many celebrities are that into the source material? I'm just saying it's a testament to his knowledge. Yeah, no, he's a beautiful it's, it's, man. Yeah, it's not a bad thing. With a beautiful mind. He's a good stand-up comedian too. Anyways, yeah. so now you're number two. My number, or no? Did you do your number two? I do. You're number one. You're number Dredge one. Stinger. My number one. <laughs> Tron light bike. It's your very favorite thing. I love that. Is thing. it your favorite thing or is this? Okay, I so love that thing. Everyone, Andrew tried to pick vehicles that he thought would be just unique. Okay, pick. so those other ones, yes. Andrew's gone the hipster route. I did not go the hipster route. Yeah. I, this one, this yeah. one, this one. Yeah. I'm. I legitimately went. What do I get so hyped about when I see it? And that scene in Tron Legacy. Or he's running, and he, like, throws out the stick and, like, grabs it, and then it turns into the light bike, and it just, like, goes... Man. They're pretty cool. I love those things. I Like, in my imagination, it's They're when... They're pretty cool. It's whenever you can, like, just summon a vehicle. They're pretty cool. And that's the light bike. You can summon the light bike. You can summon the dragon sword. <laughs> yeah, but you don't... You don't get the cool effect of, like, you're falling, and then you just go... And then you turn into a light bike, and then you can blow people up... By, like, turning in front of them. That's crazy. That is pretty cool. I love the Tron light bike. I've always loved the Tron light bike. I love the sounds they make. I love how they look. If I could have one in real life, 
that would be awesome. Like, I don't even need the tail. Like, if I could get, if I could build a motorcycle to look and, like, feel like a Tron light bike, I would ride that thing all over. Especially at night. I mean, I'm a pretty simple guy. If I could just have Luke Skywalker's Landspeeder, <laughs> that'd be pretty sweet. Yeah. No, but the, the Tron light bike, I love it. Uh, I get hyped every time I see it on screen. Um, the I love... I love vehicles that you can just summon at will uh, to be to be on your person. I'm trying to think what other vehicles there are that are like that. I was trying to think that too, and then every time I thought of it, Tron Lightbike. What is there any other vehicle that you can think of? Though? I can't. I can't think of it. Don't you think there should like if they're falling in the sky and they're just like. Like, the only thing I can think of is Transformers, because that's what they do. Well, I always think of the... I mean, yeah, and I always think of the Zords, because the Power Rangers summon them, but it's a slower process. Yeah. Tron light bike, man. I love that thing. Um, That's really a unique one. I, I honestly haven't seen the Tron movies. I've never seen them. I'm hurt right now. I've I'm never, hurt right now. I've never seen the Tron movies. First Tron... Graphic, like, special effects are, have not aged well, but the story is great. Mm-hmm. Second Tron, beautiful movie. It's beautiful. The story's kind of weak, mm-hmm. but, the, so them together is just a, a standard. So if you watch both of them, you can get... Yeah, and the Legacy is a true sequel, so. Nice. I know I need to watch those. For some reason, no one... I just never got around to seeing it. I didn't know anyone when those movies came out. I, I wasn't really talking to anyone who was like, oh, let's go see Tron. Well, the first one came out in the 80s. I, oh, I know that. That's why and it then, hasn't aged well. Yeah. No, and I'm, ta- I'm, ta- I'm saw, talking about Legacy. Yeah. I actually saw Legacy before it came out. Ooh. There's, there's you mean, me with my you mean, you saw You saw Legacy before? I saw a pre-screening. Oh, really? Yeah, like, I want to say six months before it came out. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and I got a pin that said Flynn Lives. What does that mean? Uh, it's from the movie. Nice. Yeah. I assumed. Yeah. Um, Flynn is the main character of the first one. Flynn. That's a good name. When I was in uh, at Clark College, I knew a kid named Flynn Spicer. Yeah? That sounds like the a superhero. The main character in Tangled is Flynn or the... Doesn't the name the... Flynn Spicer sound like a Donnie Darko type of name? <laughs> Flynn Spicer. Flynn Spicer. Flynn Rider is the... Uh... Love interest in Tangled, I think. Bond's love interest was Honey Rider in Doctor No. The very first Doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Doctor Who. Doctor, Doctor Who. Who. <laughs> <laughs> I said Doctor Who. I meant, first I Bond. Anyway, so, MGM Bond. So my number one. You're number one. Okay, so here's the deal. I think Andrew Andrew knows <laughs> what it is, but I but um I mean he probably knows which version too. But I have to, I have to specify because I think different people have different. Uh, so when you address vehicles, it's it gets difficult for it gets difficult specifying which one you mean because there are so many versions. Unless everyone has, unless all parties are familiar with each movie or each TV show, they might be like, "Oh, you mean this one? Oh, you mean that one?" Yeah. Um. So, uh, my favorite vehicle of all time is the Batmobile, and I know which one. I know you do. <laughs> um. <laughs> Which one? The animated series. No. What? 
Oh, you guessed wrong. Is it? Is That's it what, the eighty nine? Yes. Okay. So okay. So the animated series is a very close second. Yeah. Um, the eighty nine one because well, those okay. So here's the deal: the Batman nineteen eighty nine Batmobile is that Batmobile is actually still around. In fact, I think there are several Batmobiles they made depending on which part of the set they were on. Okay. I think I think some of them might have been different sizes or made out of different materials. Yeah. And um and they just made multiple ones in case one malfunctioned or whatever. Um interesting I guess I also know a lot of interesting facts about it. I I know that um because of the nature of the uh set, the Batmobile they could never drive it as fast as it could actually go on set mm-hmm. because the set itself was so small. Yeah. And in Fat Man on Batman, Kevin Smith talks about Man, you see the Monarch Theater a million times in this movie. Like, like the theater just keeps popping up. It's where Batman's parents get shot. Yeah. It's where everything happens. It's just, and uh, there's a scene where the Bat- the Batmobile goes by it after uh, he dips out of the uh, museum. And in the commentary, Tim Burton says the Batmobile. I think he says it could get it could reach over. Because, mind you, this is not a vehicle that's, you know, manufactured by General Motors or something. Yeah. So, it was made, like, I, I think they had um, mechanics and engineers, you know, make it, just make it from scratch. And, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I, I think it could go close to... He said over 100. Okay. So, it could go... It's it, not bad. It could go really fast, and yeah. they never got to show it on... They never got to capture that on screen. Yeah. So, he's like, people just thought it was a weak... Batmobile was he's like no we just didn't have the budget yeah but um so I know things like that about it and also I love the Batmobile because in the movie Michael Keaton okay I was wrong I should have thought about this Michael Keaton calls on the Batmobile several times he can he can command that Batmobile to stop from a communicator yeah that he holds um I loved the way it was the first Batmobile Certainly on screen, but I'm pretty sure even in the comics, the Batmobiles uh, all all had previously opened from the side, like any other car door. Yeah. I'm almost positive this was the first time we had a cockpit yeah. that slid forward. Yeah, and that ended up being the mainstay for a while. The animated series one does that. The uh, Batman Forever uh, Batmobile does that as well. I'm pretty sure the Nolan Batman's uh, had a cockpit that's that the it lifted it lifted up. No, it was sides. He just gets into a regular car. I, th- I, thought, I thought there were the sides that lifted up. I thought. Well, he. I, I thought there was a scene when you when you see him where, he, where he's like, "I'm not wearing hockey pads," and he and he lowers himself down into the. Well, they change, he changes it in the second one. Oh, okay. The first one was different. But like the Tim Burton '89 Batmobile was the first time that the Batmobile was not. It was no longer just a car. It was mm-hmm. like a car plus. Yeah. It could do just so much more. And that was also one of my favorite gifts that I ever got. I mean, a lot of these vehicles I got because I loved the toys as, as a kid. Mm-hmm. And um, the Batmobile, I remember when I was probably four years old, um, I got that for Christmas. And I remember I was like looking all over the looking all over the floor for toys and stuff. And my mom or my dad opened the door and they're like, look what Santa Claus left outside. <laughs> and and uh, in a Fred Meyer uh, plastic bag was the Batmobile. And 
I think I think my dad was like Santa swung by Fred Meyer, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is so cool. And it was the it was the Batman Returns version where the sides split off. Mm-hmm. And it had that kind of submarine shape, and also it had the feature from Batman '89 where the machine guns popped out the top and it shot rockets. Nice. And uh, so yeah, I just have a lot of sentimental attachment yeah. to my top no, t- my top yeah. two picks. Um, but I have to. So here's the deal. I got into this conversation with my coworker from iHeartMedia, and this is a testament to how much I love the Batmobile. So we were talking about cars and. And I was saying, like, oh, I love, I love hot rods. I love the mm-hmm. the thirty two Ford. I love, I love old Chevys, old Buicks, and this and that. And I was like, I also, for performance, I really like Mercedes and Beamers and stuff. And I was like, I like, I like Rolls and Bentleys. And and he's like, oh, so you're more into like the classier looking stuff. The, the guy's like, I'm more into like sports cars and uh, sleeker, faster looking stuff. And I said, well, if I'm gonna go all out. Mine would be the sleekest, fastest thing ever, which is the Batmobile. And he's like, "Which version?" Of, and, and I'm like, uh, "Can you guess?" And he's like, "The Christian Bale one." I'm like, "No, because you couldn't ride. You couldn't drive that on the road. Yeah, like it would just be a pain in the butt." Yeah. And I was like, I just, I didn't even say anything. I just held up my phone, and he's like, he's like, "Oh man, I don't know why I didn't guess that first. He's like, that's what I think about when I think of the, the Batmobile." Hmm. But. uh so that's a true testament to how much I love the Batmobile, is that if I could just drive that to work, I'd drive that to work. Yeah. And I'd park it by uh, by Lakeshore Athletic Club on, on the <laughs> curb, and uh, it's such a cool vehicle. Yeah. <laughs> just like if I could ride my night, my light bike anywhere, I'd ride it. If I could have a light bike. Well, you know what? Sometime we'll watch, we'll watch Tron. Maybe, maybe I'll like that vehicle as well. That's cool. That's cool. But no, we should watch Tron. We should. I've never seen it. You should. So, Andrew told me before we did the show that he didn't think we were going to have any crossover whatsoever. We had one, though. That's crazy. Houston. The one that I didn't even think that we would have. Actually, that was... The X-Men Blackbird. That's the one that actually I was like, this is a comic book. This is a comic book ship, so... Um... Were there any honorable mentions you wanted to shout out there? Because for oh, me, I mean, classic is uh, the Spidey Mobile. The Spidey Mobile. Oh, that thing's so stupid, but <laughs> but I love it. Um, Spider Man had a car. Back yeah, in, back at the beginning. It's really dumb. Yeah, just the idea it of it because it takes away all the fun. Yeah, out of his web slinging. Yeah. Um, you know what? One we for for honorable honorable mentions, Nightwing's uh, bike. I thought about doing that, but then, like, it's not present in anything, and I still like it. But it's cool. It's cool, but, like, I just, I would love to have it. Yeah, yeah. But. It's awesome. Um, it's not as cool as Bat- Batman's, the Batmobile. So. No. Um, I'm trying to think if there are any other awesome. Oh, actually, I know this is nowhere near the level of, like, would you know operational spectacular you know spectacularity i don't what the hell does that even mean mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh as a kid i love the jurassic park jeeps oh those are cool yeah yeah and cameron uh my childhood best bud um he was the one who first i remember as a kid he, he got me into jeeps he was like oh man these things are cool yeah and the decal on the side and 
Colossus. And I, then, uh, I love those. Wonder Woman's Invisible Jet. That I thought about uh, that, and then I was like, am I really that into it, or is it just an iconic... It, it's really iconic. It's iconic because she doesn't have it anymore. The Invisible Jet? Yeah, because she can fly. Mm-hmm. So it's like, why? Also... Why would Wonder Woman need to be invisible? The weird thing is, like, when you're inside of it, you're not. <laughs> What's up? Isn't that a thing? Like, when you're inside of it, you're not invisible? Oh, you might be right. Yeah, like, I think she's visible inside of it. That's pretty dumb. Yeah. So well, I remember, just... well, I remember on the uh, old Super Friends TV show, you could see her when she yeah, was flying. Yeah, I think that's what I'm thinking of, that... Stupid TV show. That's, okay, that is a really cringeworthy show. Oh my gosh! I loved so it as bad. I loved it as a kid. So bad. Remember those, the Batman and Robin animation on the skis? Oh gosh! How they just they move like cardboard cutouts? Yeah, it's really bad. It's really bad. It's like the antithesis of the animated <laughs> series. Yeah. However, favorite recent read. So for me, it was Power Rangers issues five and six. Yeah. Um, so after reading volume one, I, uh, I wanted to carry on, obviously. And there's a couple more issues that are out right now, but I wanted... Uh, I don't know. I didn't feel like binging on Power Rangers all at once. I kind of wanted to keep... Cause I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see where the story goes, and I kind of wanted to uh, keep the mystery for a little while longer because... The story builds very slow, mm-hmm. and I don't feel like it's it's a you know those stories that have a lot of information and it's almost like sometimes when things are flying at you really fast you almost want to binge more. Yeah, I don't know why, but just so you retain everything. Mm-hmm. The story builds so slow that I almost thought like I get more out of it if I read it slowly, and uh, you can those comics for some reason those Power Ranger comics I finished both in like a matter of like three minutes they're just there's just hardly any dialogue yeah but um without spoiling too much you learn more about the history of the Green Crystal which is what Rudy uses for the Green Ranger mm-hmm. um to control him um you learn that Tommy wasn't um her first choice for a Green Ranger um, I won't even say for for anyone who wants to read it, um, and I'm sure some some of you might. Uh, I won't I won't say who it is, mm-hmm. but she had her mind on someone else. She actually had someone in her uh, hideout on the moon in her lair, mm-hmm. and uh, she was talking to him, and they rejected her. And anyways, uh, at the end of that issue, you see. Uh, a special like dark gray speech bubble and it's kind of Im- implied that it's another villain okay. and uh on the variant cover of that issue is lord zed okay so we might be getting some kind of early entry of zed in these comics that's cool um i don't know if they're gonna introduce him right away but he's on the cover mm-hmm. of issue five so it's looking like uh, Zed is gonna be coming in like not too far from now. Sweet, but it's good. I'm liking it. Yeah. And then mine is uh, the Flintstones comic. So there's a comic by DC, uh, kind of like the Future Quest that I, I talked about. Future Quest. Ever Quest um, Two. Ever Quest Two. Uh, 
Flintstones, and it's um, it's like a retelling of the the classic, the classic TV show, but like very adult. It's really cool. Like they deal with a lot of really big social issues. Um, and they right. make the characters like racism. Actually, yeah. Um, and they they make the characters look really cool. Like Fled, Fled, Fred, Fled, Fled, Fred. Flintstone is a beast. Like, he's just, like, huge and stocky. Because that's how he would have looked. Yeah. But. Yeah, th- I mean, it is funny, the the cartoon, and the, uh, never trying to be realistic. The, uh, his club, his men's club that he goes to. Yeah. Um, it's actually like a, it's like a support group. For I was gonna like, say, I could see in a realistic adaptation, <laughs> I could see it being a support group. Yeah. For, uh, like, veterans of the war. And so it's like him and his war buddies like trying to deal with life after after the war. Huh. It's really cool. Really. So if you Did you read a trade or is this a series of issues? Series of issues. Gotcha. Um yeah, just really solid solid work. I'm really excited for the rest of the series. I'd read that. It, and it's a reinterpretation. Yeah. That's cool. And they still have the like they're not trying to force anything. Like they have like, Fred and Wilma's relationship is still solid. Like, it's not... It's not like, oh, it's dark and gritty, so they're going to get a divorce one day. Like, oh, he, they, they love each other, so... Now, is any of the comedic relief... any Is any of it the yeah, same? Yeah, there's a lot of comedic relief in it. Okay. So they haven't... They haven't done a 360. No. It's it's pretty... Or, or probably a 180. A, a 180. Um, yeah. That's, that's cool. I'd yeah. be down to read that. Pretty good, pretty good. Um, well, and then uh, we want to give a shout out to fans of our show who have just been listening. Like we, we love you guys. Yeah, thank you uh, guys very much for the for uh, listening for for the listening and support. Yeah, uh, you can if you have any questions, comments about things, corrections, stuff you just want to say, you can find us at Origins and Adaptations on Facebook uh, or O N A on Twitter. You can just send a tweet out; we will respond. But yeah, so you guys, you guys have a good time. Good time. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening, guys. Domo arigato, Mr. Roboto. <laughs> <laughs>